Through innovation, academic excellence, and family-centered clinical care, Children's Mercy Kansas City is transforming outcomes for children around the world. Welcome to the audio interview series, Transformational Pediatrics, with host, Dr. Michael Smith. Welcome to Transformational Pediatrics. I'm Dr. Michael Smith, and our topic is neonatal simulation, practice makes perfect. My guest is Dr. Danielle Reed. Dr. Reed is a neonatologist at Children's Mercy Kansas City and an assistant professor of pediatrics at the University of Missouri Kansas City School of Medicine. Dr. Reed, welcome to the show. Thank you, Michael. It's nice to be here. So what exactly is neonatal simulation, and what's the goal of this type of training program? Well, uh, the simulation itself, we use different mannequin models, um, some that are high fidelity, meaning you can listen to their heart rate, uh, they move, they turn blue if their oxygen levels are low, um, and then we use others that are called low fidelity, and they are basically, um, oh, babies, if you will, but you could put breathing tubes in and do chest compressions and those sorts of things. Uh, we use these different mannequins to help our staff in all different areas of the hospital um, be prepared for an emergency situation. You know, uh, medical care is getting better and better these days, so luckily babies are coding less and less frequently, and we want to make sure that everybody stays on the top of their game so that when a crisis occurs, everyone is prepared and knows exactly what to do. So who who exactly is this type of training for? Is it geared more towards the students, to the residents, to or to just anybody who might be working in the NICU? Uh, just about everybody. Um, we... Uh, I specifically am involved in all realms of the neonatal uh, program. So I help the medical students in their skill lab um, doing just kind of routine, what do you do when a baby is born, helping them take those first breaths. Uh, we do simulation with the residents, um, so in the NICU and in other places throughout the hospital with mock codes where they get to practice not only their procedural skills, but also their teamwork and uh, team leadership skills. And then specifically in the NICU, which is kind of my um, where my heart lies, we do a lot of different things in different areas. Uh, we have mock codes in the unit itself so that all of the different staff nurses, respiratory therapists, residents, fellows, attendings, everybody comes together and can practice their skills on resuscitating a, a baby that uh, is coding in the NICU. We also have a program that um, helps our delivery teams be ready in the fetal health center. Um, our hospital has just recently, in the last couple of years, started delivering babies at, the, at our hospital, um, very high-risk babies, and so it's really important that our team is well-prepared and knows um, all of the different steps that might be taken or that might be needed in a baby that has, say, a gastroschisis where the ab abdominal contents are outside of the body or is going to be born with a congenital diaphragmatic hernia where the, the bowel is up into the chest, and so they're going to need some special procedures right away. Um, and then the third area that we've uh, really focused on is our ECMO program. Um, that's basically a heart-lung bypass machine. And, again, our care in a lot of areas is getting better and better, so we're seeing our ECMO use decline, um, which is a good thing for oh, babies yeah. because it means they're maybe a little less sick. But um, we need to be up on all of our skills and know how to use yeah. all those machines. You still have to be trained to do it, right? <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So that's a good thing that the care is getting better, that we don't have to utilize these advanced technologies as much. But obviously, we still have to be up on it. So that's what. So and that's how uh, you know. I guess when you say mannequin, I think what a lot of uh, these are these are pretty advanced mannequins. They allow you to do a lot of these types of procedures, uh, even do the ECMO machines. I mean, this is pretty advanced stuff, correct? Absolutely. 
Yeah. And so what do you think? How is this working? I mean, have you do you do you think this type of training is producing the results that you would like to see uh, for the staff? I think so. Uh, we've collected a lot of subjective data, um, asking them how they feel from a self-efficacy standpoint before and after stimulation, before our program got going and after it got going. So we have lots of subjective, you know, oh, I feel more confident in my skills. I feel better able to lead this. I know better where who to call. Um, and we're just starting to get into some objective information collecting so that we can um, have those numbers to put out and share. Right. Dr. Reed, are you are you sharing this type of uh, training technology with some of the smaller uh, hospitals uh, and medical centers uh, around Kansas City? Because this seems like a great opportunity or a great method for also you know training those hospitals as well. We are actually um, in the last couple of years we've had taken our show on the road and gone to uh, three <laughs> different hospitals in the city to help their uh, delivery room teams better be prepared for um, an emergency situation as well. And so where, where do you think this type of training is going to go? I mean, do you see this being, I mean, obviously, the, it, to me, it seems this has application in, in so many ways for the medical student, for the resident. Is this, what do you think the future of simulation training is? Oh, I, I think that this is really, I feel like we're really on the cutting edge and really going to see simulation blowing up in the future. It's a great way for, as you said, the trainees to kind of get their feet wet and to um, hone in their skills and their procedures and, and all of those things without necessarily having to take risks with patients. Um, and then it's a way for more seasoned attendings, um, more seasoned practitioners and, and nurses to stay up to date on all of their information. Again, keeping our skills tip-top shape so that when we are called in a crisis, oh, yeah, I just, you know, I just took in that chest tube last week on a simulator. I just did... Uh, ECMO simulation two weeks ago, I'm, I'm prepared and I'm ready to do this simulation. I think it's a great way for people to stay up to date on their skills. Um, I think that right. the mannequins are only going to get more involved and more impressive and be able to do more and more procedures and skills and things as, as uh, time goes on. Right. And, of course, the simulations are never meant to, to replace, you know, learning on your feet, taking care of patients. I mean, that's the traditional way of doing it. You're just adding a layer that allows people to really hone in those those skills, it sounds like a, a fascinating way way to train in, in something definitely different than the way we did, probably, Dr. Reed. So I want to thank you for how you're pioneering this, and, and I look forward to, see, to seeing simulation training kind of grow uh, in popularity. So thanks for everything that you're doing, and thank you for coming on the show. You're listening to Transformational Pediatrics with Children's Mercy Kansas City. For more information, you can go to childrensmercy.org. That's childrensmercy.org. I'm Dr. Michael Smith. Have a great day.